Welcome to the Girl Power Alliance podcast, where you're going to meet and hear from some inspiring women with incredible stories who are leading in business and in faith. We are on a mission to impact the world by empowering women to dream bigger through kingdom-minded mentoring and leadership. This is where women grow. Welcome back, ladies, to the Girl Power Alliance podcast. I'm your host, Molly Trotter Gomez. I am so excited for our guest today. She has such a relatable story, and what she's going to be sharing with you is vulnerable, personal, but most importantly, relatable. And I know there's going to be women listening to this that are really going to be like, wow, I can resonate with that. Or I definitely know women that need to listen to this podcast. So I am really excited to introduce Crystal Cuellar. And let me just give a little bit of background on her. And then she's going to dive into her story so much more. But Crystal is a Christian life coach who helps women break the binge drinking cycle and navigate an alcohol free lifestyle. Alcohol used to be her best friend. Can anybody relate? I know back in my college days, I could definitely relate to that until it was her worst enemy. She left a toxic relationship after 10 years. Also super relatable. Crystal has been a mentor to women all across the states who are willing to make the switch to an alcohol-free lifestyle and listen to the Holy Spirit's leading. Jesus has called her to be a vessel and a tool to help women break through the toxic cycle so they can truly step into their God-given purpose. Crystal, we are so excited to have you on the show today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Thank you so much. And I'm just so happy to be here. It's crazy even just listening to my story as you were uh, repeating it. It's wild just seeing how God, you know, how God has just worked in my life. It's crazy. I mean, it's just, I'm so excited to dive into the bits and pieces of this because we were just talking about it before we press record that so many women do struggle with both of these things drinking, toxic relationships, but it's like that thing that we know that happens. We just don't talk about it, but this is where we're going to dive in deep. So ladies, I want you to turn it up. I want you to grab your pen, your paper, whatever you use to take notes, because there's going to be so many, I just feel like, I just feel there's going to be so many revelations that are going to come out of this because of what you've been through. So before we dive into all of that, lots of juicy pieces of this story, tell us a little bit more about you. Cause I know you have just a more extensive and just amazing background from what I just shared. Yeah, definitely. Um, so where do you want me to start? <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, wherever I always like to say, wherever the Lord's prompting you, you know what? It, like, tell us a little bit more when it comes to um, let's where did the drinking start? Like, how did that okay. get started? Let's start there. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I mean, not to go into too much detail, but I mean, I had my first drink when I was like 15. Um, and so I was a very introverted kid, um, very shy, but I was also, I kind of grew up. It's like, I was kind of in the popular crowd, but kind of not. So I was always like in that in between. And I remember the first time that I actually took a drink, it was like this liquid courage. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like this is awesome. And so I remember when I had that first drink, um, I didn't really continue to drink after that. That was just kind of my first, like, I, I really remember that initial feeling, but once I actually got out of high school, um, I was kind of unsure of what I wanted to do. Um, and so I would say I really had a little bit of too much time on my hands. And so that's kind of where a lot more of the partying kicked in. Um, and it wasn't just drinking. It was kind of recreational drugs here and there that kind of would slip in. But alcohol was really just like my main thing. And a lot of the people around me, you know, my friends, they drink the exact same way. So in my point of view, I was like, okay, well, this is normal, right? This is just what we do. And no, that wasn't normal <laughs> at all. And so um, as I just continued with this same cycle, um, you know, throughout this time, I, you know, 
I would say multiple times throughout my quote unquote drinking journey, I knew that something was off with my drinking. I knew that I shouldn't have been really drinking that way, but the more and more I drink that way, it just kind of really became a part of who I was part of what I did. Everything that I did really started to revolve around alcohol and, um, which has kind of just led me to, you know, one of the darkest moments in my life, really where I just settled into, um, I wouldn't say clinical depression, but I was just like in a really dark place. Um, and, you know, as I continue to be on, in this, you know, on this, in this toxic cycle of binge drinking, um, this is kind of where I met. Well, I would say I kind of went back and forth when I was having those thoughts of like, where does alcohol really fit in my life? Does it, does it not? Even though I spent so much time and energy trying to keep alcohol in my life, ultimately I knew it wasn't for me, but I was still trying to keep it in my life. And so I would kind of go back and forth with taking breaks from alcohol and then going back and, you know, I remember there was a point where I had taken um, a three month break from alcohol. I was feeling great. I, you know, physically, mentally, all the things. Um, and at this point too, as far as like, you know, where I was with God, I've always believed in God, but I never really had a relationship with God at that point. I didn't really even know what that meant. And so um, I had taken this three month break and that's when I met my now ex-boyfriend. And so um, I always like to say, you know, it's a lot of the times we attract who we are. And so, um, you know, I had my own, you know, issues with binge drinking. And um, I soon found out that he had his own issues with substance abuse as well. Um, his was more just more so on the recreational drug use. I was very honestly, like, even though I had kind of experimented, I was still very green to what like full on, you know, like blown addiction looked like. And so I saw it a lot in that relationship and just obviously going through my own struggles, but it was very different for me because for me, I wasn't an everyday drinker. I didn't know what it really felt like to have like that physical addiction, even though I got really close. And so I, I think it's just crazy how, when I had taken a break and finally I went out to drink again, literally that day I met him, like that still blows my mind. And so, um, yeah, the relationship went on. We were together for um, 10 years throughout that whole time. Like I said, like he struggled, he went back and forth to sobriety, you know, back to doing, you know, what he was doing. And throughout that whole time, it just became really, really toxic, obviously. Um, and during that time too, not only was I, you know, self-inflicting harm on myself with, you know, Ben's drinking and trying to escape in that way, but also, you know, I started, um, well, I had kind of done this before, but it really increased during this relationship. I really struggled with self-harm too. And that was kind of something that I never really talked about until kind of, I got out of it. And so um, it was just a lot of just craziness. Um, finally, you know, during that time, I just um, was really looking for something and didn't realize that it was God. And so um, crazy story I actually ended up um, connecting with a friend from high school it was more of like an acquaintance, I guess I should say. And I had saw on her Facebook how her and her husband were running what it looked like was more of a Bible study reached out to her and I was like, Hey, like, what is this that you guys are doing here? And she was like, Oh yeah, come over to our apartment. You know, we're going to, you know, be doing this. Um, but I thought it was a Bible study, but it was actually like they were hosting church from their home. And so that was not something that I would normally do. That was very outside my comfort zone, but I know that was a Holy spirit now looking back and just kind of like leading me towards there. And so I went there and literally from that day forward, my life just got wrecked in the best way possible. That's what I always like to say, because God just like turned everything around. Um, it still took me a little while to actually leave that relationship. But once I actually started to really learn what, what, um, unconditional love really looked like and really learning the love of Christ, because I thought the way I grew up, I thought it was just 
I had to go to God being all, you know, perfect. And I had to say my Hail Marys before I got forgiven or, you know, it's just all these different things. And as I started to read the Bible myself, and as I started to, you know, go to this, you know, home church, like, I was just like, oh my gosh, like, this is not what I thought, like who I thought God was. And it was just so welcoming. And I just started to build my relationship with the Lord. And that's really when he started to really show me and give me those convictions about my drinking even more. So where it was just, I got to a point where I was just like, I really cannot do this anymore. And then he started giving me convictions even more about the relationship. And so the relationship was actually harder to leave than the actual, um, you know, bottle. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's been a wild ride. It took, um, I like to say like, it, I feel like I asked God for probably a thousand confirmations to leave that relationship. Alcohol was a little bit, I don't want to say easier, but it was a little easier to, to leave. Um, and the crazy thing is I really didn't hit my full on rock bottom in that relationship. It really happened when I left the relationship. And that's when I truly realized that how much I had found my identity in that relationship and in alcohol. And in that moment, that's really when God, um, he had already been working, but that's really when God really started to work on my heart and just in my life and just really breaking down those idols. And so, like I said, it's been a wild ride, but that's really what's kind of let, led me to where I'm at today and helping women with what I do. So yeah, that's, that's me. <laughs> yeah, no, there were so many good points in there. And so I was writing some down of just like things that, first of all, I know so many women, May, they may not may, may not want to admit it yet, but they have struggled with that because it's like people are taught in society to go cope with something, right? Cope with food, cope with alcohol, cope with a substance, cope with a significant other, anything so they don't have to dig down and be like, this is the actual problem. And so, so many people get, you know, just stuck in that rut. And it's totally relatable because I know that um, I have alcoholism that has ran in my family. You know, my dad's a recovered alcoholic for a number of years. Saw that in my childhood. Um, when I had the, my first sip of alcohol, it was bad news. And I was addicted for a long time until I got off. And so just wow. knowing um, those things, it's like I can totally relate to that. And even the toxic relationship piece. It's so hard. Um, whether there's a soul tie or not, there's a connection with another human being. And it's like, oh, just trying to break that apart is just so hard because your mind is fighting against what your your spirit and your soul are like, no, you are worthy of so much more. So one thing that I wrote down was, and I thought this was so powerful, you were talking about when when it came when it came time to come to God, you felt like you had to come to him perfect. I feel like so many people struggle with that. And I know I have in the past where I just have to, you know, look all just like, you know, prim and proper, this perfect Christian yeah. coming to God. Talk about that a little bit on how that was and how that shifted for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, honestly, um, I really feel like the Holy Spirit really worked through my church. My church is very small. My pastors really worked with me a lot one-on-one -on -one and just really guiding me and really just helping me shift that mindset. And I'll have to be honest to you, like something that the Lord is still working with me on and shifting that religious mindset and just really showing me what freedom in Christ really looks like, because even to this day, I still struggle sometimes where it's like, oh my gosh, if I don't read 10 chapters of my Bible, like I'm just going to just, you know, I don't know, like something crazy is going to happen to me or God doesn't love me or whatever that may be. And so that's a constant struggle that I do have in my head sometimes, but really, truly, I think it, the, you know, the breakthrough really was through my church and them just knowing that the way I was living wasn't the best for me, but they never once said, stop doing this. They never once said like, oh my gosh, like they never condemned me, I guess is what I'm trying to say. They never mm -hmm. condemned me. 
they literally just loved me through it. And of course they would still tell me the truth, right? Especially when I kept going back to this relationship, you know, we had those tough conversations where they were like, you know, this is, this is just not the best for you. And they were honest with me, which I appreciated because I also hate fluff. I hate when people just try to like fluff up things. I'm like, no, just tell me what it is. Yes. Even, you know, it's just, it's what you need to hear, you know, sometimes the truth. And so I really just do think it's just, it was just through them and just me really just um, seeking the Lord myself too, because at the end of the day, like they can only do so much. And I just got really hungry for the Lord, like in reading the Bible, even you know, even as I started to read the Bible, I was, you know, how a lot of people get there, just like, how do I even read all this? This is so much. And so I really just started to like, even just watch like, you know, little videos online to kind of like help me get a better understanding of the Bible. And I just really went all in. And so I really think it was my church showing me what true love and what the true freedom of Christ looked like and felt like, but also it took me actually building that relationship with Jesus and knowing that whatever I knew, like just wasn't it. And like, it took me to actually like, start building on my own faith because my faith is my responsibility. Right. Mm. And so that's what I would say would be the biggest thing that really helped. Amazing. And while you were saying that I wrote down, it's just the power of a godly circle, people that are going to speak truth into you. They're not going to say like, Oh, it's okay. Keep doing what you're doing. They didn't condemn you, but they spoke truth. And there's, I feel like very few people that do that because they're like, what do I do? What does that look like? And so if that's you, just be like, Lord, like reveal that to me. Reveal what does it look like to speak truth in love, not condemning, because the world loves a convict and condemn like you did, you know, lay that gavel down because they want to be superior. And that's not what Christ is asking us to do. So I thought that was so powerful because you're in the right environment with people around you that love you, that want the best for you. And we're calling you higher you saw that loving environment. What did you want to do? You didn't want to like go back to what you were doing. You wanted to progress forward, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, another point that you mentioned, I think this is so, I mean, these are all really powerful, but you mentioned rock bottom was leaving. Um, ro- well, I wrote down rock bottom, leaving an addiction. You mm-hmm. said the rock bottom for you is when you left and we're kind of addicted to that relationship and you left, then you hit rock bottom. Yeah. I feel like people avoid leaving the relationship you know, because they're like, I don't want to hit rock bottom. So I'm going to stay there, but you went there and then you hit it. But talk about what that was like when you hit that rock bottom. And then what was it like? What, what did you feel? What did you go through in order to build yourself back up through Christ? Yeah, definitely. So, um, like I said, there had been many confirmations and many signs from the Lord to leave that relationship. And so, um, I remember I had asked the Lord for yet another confirmation and he just showed up in like a crazy way. And I was just like, okay, like I really can't deny this confirmation. Like I just need to like stop asking for confirmations and just do what I need to do and do what I already know what I need to do. And so as I, you know, um, started that progression of leaving that relationship, because it wasn't, it wasn't easy. It wasn't like we had this conversation where it was mutual and it was just like, okay, let's just, you know, have this nice breakup. No, like it was a mess. Like it was a mess. It was a very forced thing that had to happen and so forth. And so when I left that, when I actually started drinking even more after that. And so, um, a moment that I remember specifically was a night after I had went drinking and I'd woke up the next day, you know, I was hungover because I would go through the cycle of having these three day hangovers. And I remember just sitting on my apartment floor and just looking out the window and just being like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to be a full-blown alcoholic if I don't stop right now. Because at this point, you know, I, there was more days where I was drinking than I was actually sober. It was like, I could be, I could be alcohol free for a few days. But once those few days were over, it's like my, I just didn't want to feel I did it. I wanted to escape. And that was, that was the first time I had ever really felt that way, which, which was actually losing control. 
And even though I look back and I was already kind of out of control, but that was the first time where I really felt like, oh my gosh, if I don't stop now, and even looking back, I realized that was the Holy Spirit really speaking to me as well, because I remember having this thought of, you know, you can keep going this way, but you're not going to be able to fulfill your purpose. And you're just going to end up getting hurt. And just, and I was already a coach at that time, not in sobriety, obviously, but I knew that God had something so much bigger for me. And I knew that I had, like, I knew that I was going to make a difference and I wanted to make a difference. And I knew in that moment that if I didn't, you know, in this right now, I wouldn't be able to really fulfill that. Right. And I was already so unfulfilled. So that was like truly my rock bottom moment, um, was really feeling like I was fully out of control. And like you said, like realizing that I, like, I have this addiction to this relationship, especially when you're with an addict and I was already kind of, um, kind of codependent already. And so I feel like that already, that kind of activated it even more. And so it's, it, it was just this crazy thing that I had to realize, but as far as what was your second question? How did I kind of get out of it? Or what were the steps? Or- yeah. I mean, whatever that looked like for you, because you hit it, most people will try to avoid it. So they stay in the toxic relationship, but you went there, then you hit rock bottom, what everybody fears. Right? right. So what did you do to climb out of that? Okay. Yeah. So in that moment, actually in that same day, and I actually ended up calling up my pastors and they had already had an idea. Like they knew that I was kind of going back and forth in sobriety. They knew that I was struggling with this relationship, obviously. And they were a big part of even just helping me, you know, walk out of that. Um, and so I just called them up and I was just like, look, like I've never felt this way in my life. I'm losing control. What do I do? And so they just kind of stepped in and they um, were a big part of my accountability system, like the main part of my accountability system. And so we set up, you know, like an accountability system with them where they would check in with me. I would check in with them. Even if I was just thinking of drinking, I would reach out to them. Also, I hired a sober coach and I also um, hired a Christian counselor. And so I just, I was just like, I'm covering all my bases because clearly what I am doing is just not working and I'm about to lose myself. Mm. And so um, that was like the big first step was just really, I guess, asking for, for help. And I had already, you know, built so much trust with them as well. Like I, I trusted them with my journey and with just holding me accountable. I knew they weren't going to judge me. And so that's really what really set um, the stage for really me just, you know, living that alcohol-free lifestyle and starting to heal from that relationship as well too, which has been very tough, but yes, yes. I can only imagine. I mean, I love the fact that you just said like, look, like I couldn't do it on my own. That's okay. Who are the people around me that can help me? What do I need to do? What resources do I need to tap into? And so you went all out, you know, from your pastors to a, um, you know, Christian life coach, to a sobriety coach, all the things are like, what can I get? So I can not go back there ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, one other piece that I wrote down and you've said this quite a few times that you've asked God for confirmations. Okay, Lord, I need confirmations. And he's given me like a hundred plus confirmations. How many of us do that? We're like, Lord, we need all the confirmations. Right. And they're literally probably going off everywhere, but they're not the way that we want them to look. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why we miss them. What have you learned about asking God for so many confirmations, any kind of shift or anything that you can share with us when it comes to that? Because I know we all are asking for confirmations on various things. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's just, um, going along my journey, just learning to trust him and learning that he, um, just really trusting that he really does have my best interests at heart, even if it doesn't make sense or doesn't look like, or even feel like the way I want it to, like he sees what I don't see. He hears what I don't hear. And honestly, like, that's just a huge blessing and how much, like, honestly too, like when I look back and even just now on my journey, I'm like, how freeing is that? Like to really just give everything to God and stop trying to figure it all out on my own. Like, yes, he's given me the ability and there's actions I need to take, 
but um, I guess it would just be just kind of going through my own journey, just learning to, to trust him and just knowing that he's, he's got to figure it out. And like, I just need mm-hmm. to do what I know to do and just let him do the rest. And so I would say that was kind of too, um, just like a leap of faith too. And I think when you get to those really dark moments and when you just really don't know what else to do, it's like, okay, God, well, I try to do it all on my own. So I hope you got this because I don't. And so, um, even, and just going through my journey too, I mean, obviously I still ask God for confirmations and so forth, but I've been able to build a stronger trust and just really, and really it's just been in taking those leaps of faith because I wouldn't be able to build that trust if I didn't actually let him work in my life and let go of that control, which is obviously hard for all of us. Yes. Oh my gosh. So good. Because that is like, I mean, it, it's like the story that I'm sure so many of us have heard. It's like a man is drowning. Okay, Lord, save me. And he brings by a ship and he brings by another ship and he brings by all these things. And because in his mind, it's not the way it's supposed to look. The man is going to drown because he's like, no, you know, I'm good. God's going to save me. I'm good. God's going to save me. He's giving you all these things, but building that trust, building that faith. And I think that's such a strong message for this season for so many people, uh, because God really is showing himself and in, in stripping people of things of, look, you've put your faith and trust in the government, in your finances, in yes. your family, in your everything else but me. So what is it going to look like to get you down to the nubs? And what does it look like to trust me? And do you? You know, do you trust me? So it's so powerful. So many great things. Um, One of the things that I absolutely love is the fact of, first of all, your story is so relatable. Mm -hmm. Second of all, the person that you are today, if I'm hearing correctly, you're, you know, being a Christian life coach, also helping women's sobriety. Those are the two people that you asked for when you needed it because you're like, look, I want to do this right. And now you've become that for other women. Tell me about a little bit about that journey and how you're able to serve women today in that capacity. Yeah, definitely. I think just, well, obviously going through my own journey and, you know, I think when it comes to binge drinking and when you're not physically addicted to, I feel like the help out there, like the main, you know, programs are, you know, the 12 step and things like that, which those are, you know, great for some people, but they're not for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so from my own experience, um, that just wasn't the way for me. And so what I've been trying to do is just really fill in that gap of what's kind of missing, obviously is, you know, God and the faith piece and having that strong foundation in Christ. Um, but also just kind of shifting women's perspective that you don't have to be perfect, not giving them an excuse to drink, but maybe not being so focused on counting the number of days and actually shifting their focus to Jesus and to life-giving mm-hmm. habits, opposed to being so focused on the problem, which is what they've been focused on this whole Ooh. time, right? Which is alcohol. Yes. And so, um, so that's something that I really try to fill the gap in. And I feel like that's even just what makes my mentorship unique. Um, and what else did you say? Sorry, my brain starts going and I'm like, what else did you ask? <laughs> what is what yeah, you're fine. I get it. I totally get it. You're probably thinking of a million things. So yes. um, basically you became the the coach and the support that you needed back when now you're helping women with this. So what does it look like? Like you were kind of explaining a little bit of how you help women. Um, yeah, just what that looks like. Cause there might be a woman here listening or they're sharing this with somebody and they're like, you know what? I'm struggling with that. But like, what are like my first steps? What do I even, what do I do from here after I've listened to this? Yeah, definitely. And um, that actually was, is what I was going to say. So, um, you know, kind of like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast was, you know, when it comes to this binge drinking cycle, it's something that we kind of push to the side or that we think is normal, or there's not really a lot of help out there for it. it's just kind of like, you know, the 12 step program. And so um, I would say as far as the first step when it comes to this, like, Honestly, I I feel like a lot of it is mindset too. And just realizing like one, it's okay to get help. And um, 
too, like you don't have to be an alcoholic in order to stop drinking. I feel like that's a big mindset shift that a lot of people Mm. have to have because that's a mindset shift or that's a mindset, I guess, block that I had too, because I was sitting there Googling, am I an alcoholic? And like some of them I resonated with, but, but at the end of the day, it was like, oh, well, you're an everyday drinker and you're drinking all day. And I was like, oh, that's not me. So I don't have a problem. It's fine. Right. And so I think just, you know, being honest with yourself and being okay with getting help and just knowing that you can just want to be alcohol free because of your health, because most, most importantly, God is telling you to kind of, you know, shift this and break this down because it's your idol. Um, but really, truly, I feel like those are the kind of the two things that I would suggest is kind of looking at it from a different perspective and listening to God's voice too, because, you know, in society, that's a, it's alcohol is just everywhere, right? It's, it's marketed everywhere. And that can be really blinding for us too, because we try to fit in, we try to be quote unquote normal, but it's like, who defines normal? Like what is actually normal, you know? And so that's like another like realization too. And so I know I'm kind of like going off on all these different things, but I truly feel like it's, it really is a lot of that. Just listening to God's voice and being okay with getting help and just knowing that you don't have to be at a certain point or at rock bottom in order to step out and actually live an alcohol free lifestyle, because that truly is walking in freedom, you know, and it's like, that's what God wants us to be. And he wants us to be walking in the freedom of Christ. And if anything is chaining us down at any capacity, we need to let that go. And so yeah. mm, that's so good. And one of the things that you said that was so powerful was the fact that, you know, society basically glorifies drinking, they glorify all the distractions. It's like, here's this new show on Netflix, or here's this thing you can go do this weekend, or here's this whatever. And so there's so many distractions that I mean, people get overwhelmed by the distractions. So how do they sedate themselves rather than getting down to the core and the root problem? And there's somebody might be listening to this being like, I don't know if I have a problem or not with drinking. I'm not really sure. Well, that's a good place to start and just be like, okay, Lord, like reveal it to me. Is there a problem here? Should I be drinking? Should I not? And then having the courage to be like, no, you know, I've had, um, I used to drink quite a bit in the past and then I stopped and I'll, you know, maybe have a glass of wine every once in a while, maybe, but God really showed me that's not for me. And I remember there was good friends of mine being like, oh, are you just like too good, you know, to not drink? And they would make them feel some type of way. And I'm like, look, you can do whatever you want. I'm not here judging you. And so I'm sharing that because I know somebody else is going to go through that. And it's like, look, that is what they feel is on them. But you have to take a stand for yourself. And if that impacts them, then great. You know, like that's that's awesome because you're taking a stand for you and what God's saying about you. Um, but Crystal, there's just so much freedom in this message today, beautiful freedom. And it just is so in alignment with what we do here at girl power Alliance of look, we all go through things. A quote that I love to say is your story is meant to be mentorship to somebody else. So don't discount what you've been through because it's going to help others get through whatever they're going through right now, or maybe in the next five years or whatever, they're looking for somebody who gets it. And that's relatable. And that's why I think this, everything about what you've said here today is so relatable. So as we're wrapping this up, is there um, anything else you'd love to leave us with as well as the best place for people to get in touch with you in case they want to learn more about you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would say I kind of what was coming to my head right now too was um, kind of as you were talking about convictions as well. Like I just want to encourage everybody just to go on your own convictions and not let other people's voices get in the way. And if you're ever, you know, confused, just know that the confusion does not come from the Lord. It comes from the enemy. And sometimes as we were even talking about those confirmations, you know, sometimes it's not always with getting a sign. Sometimes it's just going straight to God's word and in God's word, mm-hmm. it's to be of sober mind, right? So even if you can just kind of like latch onto that and, you know, in God's word, like that's really going to help just kind of remove any confusion as well, because I feel like 
that's, that's a lot. Um, that happens a lot for a lot of women where it's just like, they get in the state of confusion. Like, should I drink? Should I not drink? And it's just like, just go to God's word and go on your own convictions. And I feel like that's really just going to help kind of take the next step forward. Um, and then as far as where, um, everybody can find me, TikTok is like my main place where I'm at. <laughs> I love TikTok, Um, but I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. It's just under my my name, so Crystal um, underscore Quayar. And I don't know if this is going to be in the show notes, I'm sure. And so, yeah, that's where you guys can find me. And um, yeah, so thank awesome. you for having me. I appreciate you. Yes, of course. One last thing that you brought up a point that I was like, oh, I forgot it. And now you're reminding me again. Your mind is going to deceive you. Like your mind is going to deceive you. So when you're asking yourself, do I have a problem or not? Guess what? It's probably going to be like, no, you don't. You're good. That's why we don't want to ask ourselves. We want to go straight to the Lord. And I love that you said that because it's like quiet everybody else out and focus on that right there. So you've done such a great job of just giving us so much to kind of chew on in our own life. And like, what is it? Where are we at taking that self audit? So thank you so much for coming on today. This has been absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. That podcast was so good. Did you love it? I did. Well, I don't know if you're aware of the fact that Girl Power Alliance is literally the premier resource for personal and professional development for Christian women. Did you know that? You may have already known that, but did you also know (laughs) that this is an amazing opportunity for you to grow wealth? Girl Power Alliance is giving you the opportunity to get paid to grow and to help other women grow as well. If you've ever wanted to be involved in a business where you had the ability to not only glorify God, but talk about him all day, every day, (laughs) this is the perfect fit for you. We have some incredible women as a part of our community who have opted in to be ambassadors for Girl Power Alliance. They are out there sharing the incredible power of the resources, the mentoring, the coaching, the personal development, the professional development resources, and of course, this amazing community of women that are all aligned with the kingdom in mind. It's pretty exciting. If you're already thinking about your 2023 goals, and if those include changing your finances, head over to girlpoweralliance.com and check it out. Get some more information on our amazing opportunity. We have been waiting for you. We've been praying for you. You may not have known that, but we have. Girl Power Alliance. This is where women grow.